listening to Humanize Me with Bart Campolo. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. It's Bart and John together again. Yeah. John, good to be with you, man. Good to be with you. All right, listen, before we go anywhere, two weeks ago I spoke in North Carolina, forgot to tell anybody it was happening. <laughs> Last week I spoke in Nashville at the NanoCon convention. Great event. Forgot to tell anybody I was going. Okay. Uh-huh. This coming weekend, I'm speaking at the Free Thought Festival in Madison, Wisconsin. Nice. Yes, it how is. Far, how, how far is that for you? I'd say I, I'm flying there, so it's that far. Okay. 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 And it's being sponsored by the Atheists, Humanists, and Agnostics at the University of Wisconsin. And, 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 and it's actually like it's a college festival, but like when I looked at who was speaking, I was like, Oh my gosh, like Daryl Ray will be there and Hemet Metal will be there and Ryan Bell will be there. Um, we know a lot of those guys. So I'm speaking on Saturday at 4 p.m. right after Ryan Bell and right after Hemet Meta. So like, you know, it's, it's, a, it, it, it's funny because it's one of those, there's no breakouts. It's like everybody's in one room and, but they're giving the speakers like an hour. So they want you to talk for like a half hour and then take questions and then- They'll take a 15 minute break and then somebody else gets up and talks for a half hour and takes questions. And so mm. I think it'll be a really, like, I expect that when I, by the time I get up to talk, I'm going to make references to the things that the people said before me. Right. Yeah. I and think it's going to be know, kind of free flow. And do, and do you know what you're, what you're going to be talking about? Yes. And, and it may bore the hell out of people who listen to this podcast, but it is. Because they've heard it all before. My title is Why Love the Verb maybe the most rational life strategy. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's, it's, but it's really, a lot of the people I know that are like prone to want to live this kind of lifestyle of intentional love, they do not, they, they're like, yeah, but when I was a Christian, like I had a whole story behind it and I knew why I was doing it. Now, like it's what, what, it's just like a leftover, it's fumes, like why, what, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, no, 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 like there's science behind it. There's a story behind it. There's a whole narrative behind it. And so it's kind of the basis of our religion. Yeah. And I think that's good stuff for that crowd. I, because oh, yeah. many of the, when I go to these yeah. places, people are like, what? Um, right. Because that crowd is very much focused on reason and argument and science and, and all that stuff. And so to bring that other angle is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I did, I did something not unlike that down at NanoCon and it went over really beautifully. And, you know, it was funny because like I ended up doing one session there about how to find your community and people were just all over that. There's a lot of lonely people out there. Um, mm-hmm. And then I did one on, on, on Sunday morning. I, did, we, I took some of my, my Cincinnati people with me and we did a version of our Cincinnati uh, Humanist House meeting thing. Mm-hmm. And there were like thir- you know, 25 or 30 people that came to it. And it was, and they were like, oh my gosh, this is so doable. I mean, some of the other speakers were there and they were like, I'm going to do this in my living room. And so it was pretty cool. I mean, like, I feel like we're, I feel like like we're on to something here. Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 So, so anyway, that is at the, um, it's, it's, it's on the campus of the University of Madison. You can get to it from, with freethoughtfestival.org. That's where all the, all the info is. 
And I know that I would be thrilled to see any humanized me people there. Cool. There were some humanized me people in Nashville and like we took pictures and we hugged and it was beautiful. Nice. So, nice. Yeah, okay. So there's that. Okay. Now, and, and, and eventually we're going to, you know, I'll actually tell people where I'm going to speak more than like three days before I go, but you know, <laughs> that's that. Okay. Yeah. So that's well, good luck. That. I hope that goes well. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, and then do, do you got something? What do you got? I do. So let's uh, let's try this call from a listener called Benjamin. Hi, Bart. My name is Benjamin. I'm actually a former Mission Year alum, so I've met you before, and uh, I have kind of mirrored your faith journey from kind of being in more of a liberal realm of Christianity into kind of following a more secular path. Um, I guess I saw your recent Q&A um, thinking about community and, uh, you know, where to find a secular community. And I guess I've found that for myself through the Unitarian Universalist Church. And, I, you know, it's a very accepting kind of community of all faiths gathering. And I just, it also, you know, a lot of other things I've heard you say about um about being in, you know, about what you're looking for in a in a church is like you miss the worship aspect of it or singing songs and, you know, all of that is kind of encompassed within the Unitarian uh, service. Uh, congregations vary widely from one to another in terms of, you know, what they look like, but I think a lot of um, people could probably find a home in the Unitarian church, um, you know, former Christians who are looking for a secular community. Um so I guess I wanted to hear if you had thoughts about that. Um, it sometimes seems like you're trying to reinvent the wheel. Uh, and I feel like I've found what I'm looking for in terms of meeting that kind of church hunger uh, that's not, you know, at the same time exclusive for humanists. But I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right. So, Bart, are we trying to reinvent the wheel? You know, that... If I had a dollar for every time somebody had asked me why I wasn't a Unitarian Universalist, I would have hundreds of dollars. You know, it's funny. I do not know a whole lot about Unitarian Universalism. I know the basics and I know that it's sort of like this welcoming and all-inclusive kind of tradition. But I, I don't know a whole lot about like what it's like to be at one of those meetings or anything like that. You know... I get asked that question a lot. And the truth of the matter is I love the Unitarian Universalists. Every time I go to one of their congregations, they're all the nicest people in the world. They're mostly old, nice people, but they're really nice people. Mm -hmm. um, and they, they, they come like, in a sense, they were a response to a lot of fundamentalism. Um, a lot of refugees from fundy churches sort of ended up sort of finding their way into this movement. And the thing about the Unitarian Universalist movement is, and, and, and Ben said it really well, they're accepting of all narratives. They're accepting of all groups. Like you can be an Indian shaman, a Native American shamanist. You can be a Satan worshiper. You can be a, um, you know, the nice kind of Satan worshiper. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, because there are, you know, like there, there's no, this yeah, whole- No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or you can be- um, a new age person, you can be a Christian, you could be a Muslim, you could be anything. And they, so it's, it's kind of like 
a whole congregation that works like an interfaith group. And the good news about it is, is that everybody's welcome. And they have these principles of tolerance and connectedness. And they're all, you know, they're all like, in a sense, they're a little bit like our friends from the ethical society mm. in that what they're really concerned about is, are you living a loving and kind life? Are you being nice to people? Right, right. And, and also, you'd probably find them in most cities, right? Oh, yeah. They're, every, they're, they're, they're a very, you know, ubiquitous group. They're, they're all over the place. Okay, okay. And when I first left Christian, when I first left sort of evangelical Christianity, you know, that was one of my first thoughts. I went and sort of checked them out. And, uh, and I went and talked to a Unitarian Universalist minister. And she asked me, like, what do you want to do? And I started to describe, like, I want to reach out to people and bring them into communities. And she, I could tell, see her getting uncomfortable. And she said, <laughs> you know what? She said, one of the th main things about us is we're all refugees from fundamentalisms of one kind or another. And so we're not real into evangelism. We're not really into outreach, you know, mm. like we welcome everybody, but we don't go out and try to pull people in to our, our deal. And she said, you're kind of like, you're a little bit, you know, you're a little bit aggressive. You're, um, you're, you're very zealous. Yeah. And then she was like, she was like, also, she's like, you have a lot of charisma. And she said, we're very suspicious of charismatic leaders. <laughs> We do everything by consensus here. As a matter of fact, we've got all sorts of rules and regulations to, to make sure that no one person ever becomes too much of a focal point. Okay. So it seems like you, you liked the Unitarians, but you didn't necessarily find yourself being one of them? Well, yeah. And the main thing for me was when I would go to their services is there was a lot of stuff I liked, like, like Ben was saying, the music and their things like that. But there was this sense I had that I was in an interfaith space. And like, so the, there was a lot of conversation where people were respectfully saying, well, I believe this. And somebody else was like, well, I believe this. And like, I see the world this way. Well, you, you know, we need to respect that, but there's other people that see it this way. And I thought there's something good about that interfaith conversation, but I don't want to have it every week. Mm. At some you point. You wanted to forge your own tribe. Well, at some point I just want to be with a bunch of people who all share the same worldview that I do, the same reason for wanting to pursue love. And by the way, John, I said like four times there and you didn't stop me. <laughs> I stop you in the edit, my friend. Okay, because I need to be stopped. Yes. But I want to be with people who say, we don't need to talk about worldview anymore because we're all agreed on that. And we've all decided that we're going to pursue love as a way of life on the basis of the, a secular worldview. Now let's get on to like, what does it mean to love this person? Or how do we take care of that in that situation? Or, or how do we build a more just society over here? How do we deal with that problem? Like, I want to get on with it. I don't want to mm -hmm. keep having to cycle back and have somebody say, well, but you know, in our tradition, we see it this way. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not mad at you. I just, I just want to, I don't have time for that. You got a, you got a mission. Yeah. And so it's a little bit, I, I often liken it to music where I, I think like, we're playing jazz over here. I'm not mad at you if you want to play funk or if you want to play klezmer music. But like, if we all join together in one club, we're all going to be frustrated. 
you know, playing the klezmer sometimes and the funk sometimes and the jazz sometimes. Like at some point, I'm just like, we're going to go over here and play jazz. Now, you klezmer guys, you can come over and sit in and listen. And and maybe someday I'll be like, I want to hear some klezmer music. I'm going to go over to the klezmer group. But like, you guys be klezmer, we'll be jazz. And the mm. funk guys are over there. Does it, does it, do you see where I'm coming from on this? Totally. No, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. And so the Unitarian Universalist movement, both because it is so inclusive on the one hand and because it is so like it is so resistant to um, outreach and outreach and charismatic leadership. It, 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 it didn't ever felt like a fit to me. But the other thing is, is like, I think it's sort of, it's sort of relegated to never growing and never attracting a lot of young people. Because in a sense, one of the things that young people especially respond to is somebody who, who, who in the midst of their confusion as they're casting about for a way of life comes and says, hey, we've got a way of life. Like this, this is our path and this is the way we're doing things. And we're, we are this and we're not that. And we believe this and we don't believe that. And, and you know, you say, but, but many different sects and, and ways of life appeal to young people on that same kind of like narrow, we've got the way and nobody else does way of thinking. And I go like, I know. It's because like when you're confused, you know, you want a way. And, and, and the funny thing is like, you go like, but, but you're just as bad as, as the fun is. You're saying your way is the best and it's the only way. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just saying like, this is a distinct way. Yeah. It's not the only way. It's not necessarily the best way for everybody. I'm just saying like, this is what's working for us. And so this is what we're doing. And we're not doing that other thing. And we're not even going to talk about it. So, I mean, I mean, when I was an evangelical Christian, I believed that my way was the only way and the one way. At this point, I'm sort of like, hey, <laughs> I'm not saying anything except, you know, we're going we're gonna to really pursue this one path in this one way. I have this friend, I have this friend, Jerry, and mm -hmm. he's one, one of my oldest friends from college. And, uh, <laughs> it's funny because like we were both hyper Christians together and, and Jerry ended up doing all this work all over the world. He's an amazing person. I should probably have him on the podcast. Um, he's a, a renowned world leader in, um, conflict stuff and, and, and he worked on the landmine thing and he's, he's an amazing person, but, um, through all of his travels, he's become fascinated by all kinds of religious expressions. And he tries, he, he, you know, and, and one time I, I described him, I said, you are sort of spiritually promiscuous. And he laughed and he said, that's exactly it. He's like, I want to do it all. I want to try everything. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not spiritually promiscuous. I'm, you know, I, 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 I like, I, I want to find something and do it. And so in a sense, it's a little bit like a workout routine where somebody might go like, I do CrossFit and somebody else might go, I do yoga. And somebody else might say, well, I, you know, I do Pilates, uh, or, 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 or I, I do kind of the army workout. And, and I'm sort of like, there are 87 different ways to get into good physical condition. Mm -hmm. You should find one that works for you. Right. And if somebody like my friend Jerry says, but I want to do a little bit of each of them and, and I'm interested in all of them, I go like, you should be a Unitarian Universalist. Right. And this also kind of applies to the way, you know, I was having a conversation with someone last week about our podcast and how different it is to some of the other kind of like secular, secular 
space podcasts that there are. And this podcast is a very specific kind of thing. And, you know, it's sort of forging as it goes and that sort of thing. But it, but we know what it's not. Like, we know we don't want to have debates about Christianity every week, for example. And, and, and in many ways, that's that's kind of like what you're saying about the, the community space, too, is there's there's a specific thing we want to do. These other things are are awesome and they're different flavors, but but we don't want to do those things. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think like there's a sense in which part of getting comfortable in your own skin is being able to see something and say, that's a good thing. It's just not for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking for something different. Um, and I, I don't think that we're going to get very far in our relationships either with each other or, you know, with people that are pursuing, you know, hardcore Islam or hardcore Christianity or things like that. If we can't step back and say, that's so not for me. <laughs> like, I so don't think that's true. Mm-hmm but I'm going to judge your relationship with it. And I'm going to, I'm going to judge my feelings about your relationship with it and whether or not I can support or encourage your relationship with it. Not on the basis of whether or not it is, I believe it is factually true, but on whether or not it is making you a better person or whether or not it is causing you to be more loving or more gracious, or healthier, um, I, I, and, and you say, "Well, who gets to uh, who gets to decide by what standard somebody's getting better and healthier and, and more gracious?" Like, like, well, I do, since I'm the one making the call. <laughs> um, so, so in a sense, like when I see a friend of mine who's following Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, the question I'm having increasingly is not whether or not I believe that the narrative is true or whether or not I want to contend with them on that. I sort of just want to go like, how's that working for you? Mm-hmm. What, what's the what's the fruit of that? And if the fruit of their Christianity is what I would call human flourishing, then I'm probably going to encourage them to keep going. Mm-hmm. Unless it's um, unless I see that something emerging from that belief system, which oftentimes I do, um, where they are manifesting something really negative, or where they're pushing an idea on somebody else that's going to be harmful to that person, but I no longer sort of judge somebody's religious convictions or religious lifestyle on the basis of whether or not I think it's true. I, I kind of think like, I, I'm trying to remember, I think it was Elaine Dubouton who said like, the most boring question we can ask about any religion is if it's true. Um, they're none of them true. Um, but the real question is, how's it influencing that person's life? Because, you know, human beings are prone to adopt what are they called? Uh, heuristics, 
like mm-hmm. ways of sort of simplifying things or or short short shortcuts, mental shortcuts. Yeah. And I think in many ways, for a lot of people, um, certain kinds of faith traditions are heuristic. Like, I, I, gosh, it's really hard to figure out every single thing in life. Oh, look, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. a system. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. So I, 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 I'm a lot more gracious with with other folks as, as but but it, but I'm judging these things based on their on their fruits. Yeah. So so anyway, all of that to say, the my problem with the unitarian universalist thing is really my problem. It's just like it's not a fit for me. Right, but a lot of our listeners don't live in places where they where they may maybe that that's the absolute best option they have in their you know what and it's it's sure for, for them checking out and Ben pointed out that different unitarian universalist congregations are different. Some of them are like the, there's one around the corner from my house and it is for, I, I would say probably 80% of its people are full on non-believers in anything, in any supernaturalism. I mean, they actually, a couple of their members came to me and said, Hey, we're looking for a pastor. Would you consider the job? And I was like, you gotta be kidding. They were like, no, no, we're all atheists. <laughs> um, it's such so, an odd concept for me. It's such a like, it's so out of my realm of experience, I guess. Right. But then you go around the corner to another UU church and it might be very woo-woo. Mm. Like there may be all kinds of, so, but if- Your mileage may vary. Your mileage may vary. And, but I'll tell you what, if you are alone, like when I was in Nashville at this conference, there were a lot of people there that felt really isolated in their communities and they just couldn't find anyone and you know what, if you're in that situation where you feel like you, you have nobody to kind of pursue this, this, this whole life thing with who's on your page, you would, I tell you what, you wouldn't be dumb to go to a UU church and ask around because what's funny is even within the UU churches, a lot of them have little like atheist clubs in the church that are part hmm. of the church. So interesting. So you might find your people there, man. Yeah. Yeah. And of hey, course, th- you yeah. may be like Ben, and you may be someone who who it, it it is the perfect fit for. Exactly, exactly, and and so yeah. So if you know, I think sometimes people assume that because it's not my thing, that I don't think it's a good thing. And boy, that that's not true. And Ben, it, you know, if you're out there, and you are evidently, um, first of all, mission year. You know, that was my old Christian program that I ran, the the year of service in in, in the inner city. Right, that was a big organization, wasn't it? And it, well, big, not big, big, but like in, we, big in, in, big in scope. Yeah. We ran through like, you know, 75, hundred workers every year. And so all in, in different places. So yeah, there's, there's, I mean, I run into mission year people all over the place and they are invariably doing good things. Yeah. Um, and so I'm always thrilled when I, when I bump into them, the organization itself has basically written me out of its history. Wow. Really? So if you go to their website, it's like, I don't exist, even though I like invented it. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. But you know what? I think that they were like, we can't say that, we, you know, it would be sort of like if, you know, a film company founded by Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> you might, you know, it, 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 I think for, for in that evangelical community, it's not really cool when people look up your founder and find out that he's the humanist chaplain at the university of Cincinnati. Mm. Um, anyway, it is an unfailingly wonderful group of people, many of whom are doing really good work on behalf of marginalized people because of the experience that they had um, connecting with marginalized people in the context of that program. And so it's, it's one of those things where I go like, it's hard for me to completely regret my Christian journey because so many good things happened in the midst Definitely. of it. 
Yeah. And especially the way you did it, which was in this sort of space of service, really. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was great. So, um, you know, so I'm anyway, I'm always thrilled to hear from anybody from Mission Year. And, uh, and I, I, I think like, I, hopefully we kind of feel like, I feel like we kind of covered the Unitarian Universalist question. I think so too. And I think it's a decent question because our crowd is always interested in, in the layout, sort of the lay of the land. Where, where do these things all fit? And I suppose like, you know, you could have the same, you could have the same conversation about all kinds of different expressions of the outworking of the way people think, because people always ask me about, you know, what's the difference between like Sunday assembly and Oasis and what Bart is doing and, you know, the whole, the whole thing, there's a whole sort of landscape out there and it's not very well formed. I mean, it's, I think it's in its early days, especially in the United States. It's a bunch of people in garages trying to figure out computers in 1960. Right, right. Hey, John, thanks for the conversation. Thank you. As per usual, we want to hear from people. And uh, if you're in Wisconsin or anywhere nearby, I'd love to see you this weekend. And I don't even want to talk about the Mueller report. Um, Me either. Or Jesse Smollett or any of the other things. I'm just mentioning them to like, you know, it's almost like in those movies where people hold up a newspaper to prove <laughs> this is actually happening in real time. Um, so I'm just going, you know, I'm just telling you that, uh, you know, the NCAA tournament, uh, I was really disappointed that uh, University of Central Florida lost that game to Zion Williamson and, and North Carolina and, and Duke because uh, this is the days that we're living in. And uh, college basketball is utterly corrupt. And uh, it's been great talking to you. And to you. All right, man. I'll see you next time on Humanize Me. For more on BART, go to bartcampolo.org. If you like this podcast, please consider supporting it every month and get extra content for it. Go to patreon.com slash humanize me. Our patrons do make the show happen. Follow us at humanize me pod on Twitter and humanize me podcast on Instagram. You can also join other listeners on our private Facebook group. Just search Humanize Me on Facebook. To ask your own question on the show, leave it as a voicemail at 424-291-2092. That's 424-291-2092. And finally, please review us on iTunes. It really helps. Catch you next week. Humanize Me is a production of Jux Media. You could be larger than life